Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview Podcast. Joining me as always on these Thursday afternoon podcasts when we are live, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? Hey, I am so glad to be here. I'm so glad to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and not have to talk about the Browns and the Ravens playing this weekend. So I'm I'm good about that. Even though the Steelers aren't playing, I subscribe to the thing. Call me petty, but misery loves company. That's true. Dave Schofield, other co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. What's going on, Dave? Hey, not much. Just looking forward to having a good, fun time hanging out with, with my pals in the live chat and talking anything we can about Steelers. Absolutely. I've said this on multiple shows, my Let's Ride podcast. Folks, if you think this offseason is going to be boring for the Steelers, you haven't been paying attention. Uh, there's so much that can happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers when you think about the salary cap, and we're not sure what's going to happen there, who they're going to cut, who they're going to sign in the NFL draft. We're going to have it all for you, not only here on our audio platform, but also on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you check out that website. It's worth it. Trust me, it is worth it. Guys, the news. We always start with the news. Every Thursday, we start with the news. And boy, was there some news today. Welcome to the Dwayne Haskins Fan Club, also known as the Steelers Preview Podcast. I'm just joking. (laughs) My gosh, such a polarizing character. This guy is, you know, I, I talked about this on my Let's Ride podcast. It'll be up Friday morning. And I said, if you're someone that was clamoring for Jameis Winston last offseason, and you're moaning and groaning about them signing Dwayne Haskins, you're basically talking out of both sides of your mouth, in my opinion. The only difference is that Jameis Winston has a, has more starting experience. But Dwayne Haskins is inconsistent. He has off-field issues. Jameis Winston was inconsistent, off-field issues. If you didn't like either of them, then you're fine. But so many people on social media, especially Twitter, were just – it was so hot and cold. I actually put a poll out there and said – were you happy with them signing Dwayne Haskins? I want to say we, I'll check the actual results. They were either yes or meh, don't care. So, guys, I want to know what you think. Brian, when they signed Dwayne Haskins, your thoughts were what? Absolutely loved it for two reasons. One, everybody was going to be up in arms, going crazy. My buddies were like, are, the, are they senile at the Steelers front office? What's going on? I'm like, guys, this is nothing but... A giving a chance to a player to see what he's got. He's a futures. When you sign a futures guy, you're not wrapping up much into him. It's not like you gave him a five-year deal. It's a one-year deal. He might not even see September. So you see what he's got. If he has something, if there was just some kind of disconnect with uh, Ron Rivera, if there was some kind of disconnect in Washington, if the uh, strip bars were so good in the district that he was just so distracted, you know, maybe a change is good. But you have nothing to lose here. What's going to happen? If it doesn't work out, he's not going to infect your locker room. You say goodbye, and that's it. If it does work out, he's your number three quarterback. Yeah, that's a good point. Dave, what are your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins? Do I have to talk about Dwayne Haskins right now? Because I'm kind of hurt because apparently Muhammad wants you to fire me. I don't know what that was all about. He wants to talk about me being the former editor. Um, sorry about that. Um, now I got to get back here. 
People that think that this has anything to do with Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph, you're getting your sight set or your hopes set on, on the wrong thing. You don't bring in a guy for a futures contract where that's your plan. You can bring in a guy with a futures contract and he can work out far beyond what you ever expected. But you don't sign someone to a futures contract who's coming in to push your Hall of Fame quarterback out or to put the writing on the wall for the guy that was the backup this past year. That's not what that's not what this was about. I I don't think people really understand that that that's you know at least that's the impression that I got. And if and if he does work out to that level, bonus. But it's it, it's not a big deal. It's a very extremely wise move to have basically no risk and only reward. Yeah, there's a ton of upside in this. It, yeah, people were saying, oh, he's toxic. He's going to mess with the locker room. And I said, if, if this young man is going to be that entitled, you can see, you could guess the entitlement he would have had in Washington as being a first-round draft pick, coming in expecting to be the guy. You walk around a little cocky. Well, you just got cut in the middle of a season. Nobody wanted you. No one picked you up off waivers. You went and spoke with Carolina. You left without a contract. Now you go to Pittsburgh. Nobody wants you. If you walk into that locker room and you think that your stuff doesn't smell, then he deserves to get just, hey, thanks, we'll see it. We don't need you here if that's the, if that's the case. So people that are talking about his locker room issues, I don't think that's going to be an issue in Pittsburgh, not because it's the Steelers, because you really do get the feeling this is his last chance. When you do stuff like he did in DC and you know the COVID protocols just blatantly disregarding it, it, it's not a good look. Not a good look at all. But guys, if you were to put him in a position, so meaning let's say he is good enough to make the team, do you think he's competing for Mason Rudolph's jobs? I personally do not. I think that if he's anything, he's QB3, and they, I, they're probably going to bring in another quarterback. They typically like to have four arms in the offseason uh, at quarterback, and with Joshua Dobbs being an unrestricted free agent, we're not sure what he's going to do. Brian, where do you see Dwayne Haskins fitting into this team? Really, no, I don't really see him any higher than third. However, it makes me wonder just a wee little bit that are they planning on uh, cutting ties with Ben? No, no, but <laughs> not I based on that, this move. No, no yeah, no. yeah, but I bring that up that. He could be a number two in a lot. I mean, he could definitely be a number two. If he earns that job, it's great. Mason Rudolph has nothing to worry about. This is another arm. He could be your number four guy. He's replacing Duck Hodges right now. And he might, and if you're not bringing back Josh Dobbs, you might have nothing to lose by, uh, you know, signing Josh Dobbs for a cheap one year deal. But that's just extra. I mean, there's really no reason to do that. This guy fills in as a number three, and, and that's what you have. If not, you're going to pull some guy um, that is, if there is a preseason, I'm hoping there is, you're going to pull some guy in um, on May 1st and give him an opportunity, give him the number eight or something, or the number eight, you know, like an obscure number, let him go ahead and try out for the team. And if something happens that he impresses, then he's your number three guy. Dave, thoughts on that? Yeah, that's what I was um, saying to, to someone this evening, that um, 
This is your this is your Duck Hodges replacement. Now, does it mean that he's stuck there? No. Can he come out and completely overwhelm and overperform? Am I saying he has no chance to 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 take the number two spot or anything like that? I'm definitely not saying that. I'm not holding a player back like that because why else would you sign them unless you're thinking maybe you catch lightning in a bottle? So, but you're saying, you know, the Steelers are going to have another camp. They had five quarterbacks going in, in the off season. Remember who the yeah. fifth one was? Paxton JP. Lynch. JP. Who was that? Who was that, Brian? Wasn't it JP Barrett? Yeah. Did you count Paxton Lynch? Because I, I did they have six? I can't even remember. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, That's right. Dobbs they, didn't have Dobbs. they didn't have Dobbs. Dobbs yeah, they had okay. five. So that was the problem. I'm like, yeah, wait a second. Why why are you both right? But no, you were both right. I was thinking of JT Barrett, you know, that, that that was even still someone else they had. So what I find more, the most interesting about this signing is that it was a one-year futures contract. You know, it wasn't like he came in needing to have this, you know, he wanting a three-year deal with this amount and blah, blah, blah. That's not how it worked. And I think he knew. I'm kind of glad that he went somewhere else first to realize that they probably weren't going to offer him. If no one's offering him anything other than this, then you just need to go where you have the opportunity. So, I mean, and and now did you guys see the report? I don't know. I think it might have been Field Yates that, that put this out there. Uh, I can't remember or no, it might or some other national um reporter that after this year he would become a restricted free agent mm-hmm. and as a restricted free agent you could offer him the much cheaper original round tender rather than the first round tender and then because his original round is round one yep. and then that would be the compensation and stuff um it would be less if they sign with you and if someone else signs him off because he's doing so great you would get a first round pick in return. So those are just the little, little tiny things that are just added bonus. And who knows it, maybe it's a JT Barrett situation and he doesn't even make it to the first week of camp. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Exactly. Exactly. Felicia gives us $5 fan of the show. She says, Dwayne Haskins is what you get when you order Deshaun Watson Jersey <laughs> on wish. She said uh, to David means killing myself laughing. It's an okay signing. All right. Um, I didn't know what you. that meant on Tuesday night. <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm old. Brian, did you know what that meant? Did you know that KMSL, that's what that meant? I didn't know that. Oh, oh good. Not Jeff's at all. No. Jeff's the young buck. And, and <laughs> I, I got roasted for not knowing that. So, so real quick, yeah. uh, the Twitter poll that I put out there, just shy of a thousand votes. I did this an hour ago. So this is before we went live. 44% say yes. They like the signing. 41% say, meh, who cares? And then 15% were no. So that's kind of where Steeler Nation is right now if you're trying to gauge the fan base. And I think that's pretty that's pretty accurate. But there was more news than just Dwayne ha- Haskins. The Steelers offensive coordinator, last time we talked, last Thursday, we assumed that you know Randy Feetner was just fired. We were talking about who was going to be the guy. That weekend, reports were that Matt Canada was the guy. And now all of a sudden it was like, well, let's pump the brakes there a little bit. 
They still have to do other interviews with other candidates. Some of those candidates have already started to come out today, Thursday. Hugh Jackson, former Cleveland Browns head coach, coordinator with the Bengals and the Raiders, and he even worked with the Ravens at, at, at a few years, I think. Um, he interviewed with the, the Steelers for the offensive coordinator position. Uh, and then most recently, right before we went on the air, we put this on behind the steel curtain.com. The Steelers have put in a request for Chargers quarterback coach Pep Hamilton. Uh, and he's been all over the place as well. Worked with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, obviously Justin Herbert out there in LA with the Chargers. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. And then we can tie this into the fact that there was also a report that the Steelers want to hire an offensive line coach before they hire a coordinator. I'm not sure if that's the normal. We, we talked about that last week. I think is this normal to which order do you go in? And that would be none other than Hank Fraley who was the running back, but he's offensive line coach in Detroit, Dave. Yes. No, that's who they interviewed. Not that they, yes, yes. They did not hire him, but that's yes, who they interviewed. Was, I, I want to, people were like, Oh, Detroit, Detroit's running game. Wasn't very much more than the Steelers, but he was, they, what he did this year, because remember Detroit's not had a running game for ever. Um, they love him there. So there's someone that they wanted. He, they want to keep around and was thinking they were finally maybe going to start turning a corner. So, well, you know, the funny thing is, is that there's even another Detroit tie here with Ike Hilliard, the wide receivers coach for the Steelers. He got an, inter an interview for the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator position. You have to wonder if they don't go with him to the Steelers, give him a shot at their offensive coordinator opening. I don't know. Brian, what do you make of all this stuff? I know that's a lot that we're throwing out there, but what do you make of all this? A lot of stuff to talk about here. First of all, Hugh Jackson, great. I'm glad you said that because I thought it was Hugh Jackman. I thought they were <laughs> reaching out to Wolverine <laughs> slash P.T. Barnum and trying to give him a job. Uh, here's the thing. Hugh Jackson, everybody right away reacted like, no, he was terrible as a head coach. Remember what we talked about last week? Norv Turner, not a great head coach. Awesome all-time coordinator. Same with Wade Phillips, awesome defensive coordinator of all time. You could go with a bunch of names. We could even talk about Matt, I mean, Mike Munchak. We could talk about these guys. Hugh Jackson was a very good offensive coordinator. I still think that they're looking at Matt Canada, but they're looking through all the options. But you throw in the name Pep Hamilton, and right away, the hairs on my arms, they start standing up i'm like ooh, because that guy is a good offensive mind i really like him i know uh david shaw hired him back in 2011 for uh one more year of andrew luck i know he uh he worked with andrew luck in um way back when and i gotta tell you and in fact if i'm not mistaken i think he worked with andrew luck with india as well um but he's very good look what he did this year with a guy that nobody was really excited about of the first round quarterbacks. Everybody was talking about Joey Burrow and Tua, but Justin Herbert was absolutely amazing. He, I mean, he won the, uh, he's probably going to win your offensive rookie of the year award. And he was really good. So Pep Hamilton, that's a guy to look at that, uh, that came out of the woodwork. I love the fact that they're looking at that guy too. I think they're opening up options. They're very being very smart about it. Um, 
And if it is, if it ends up being Matt Canada and that's the guy they want all along, I'm cool with it. Now let's talk about Hank Fraley really quick. One of my friends right away, they said, wait a second, you know, Detroit had a bad offensive line. Oh, oh no, we can't have him. I don't know what to think. I, I don't know if I like this, this idea. I'm like, first of all, there's not many offensive line coaches that you guys know the names of. I follow football a lot. I don't pay it. Maybe Bill Callahan, sure. But I don't really pay attention, and Mike Munchak, but I don't know many offensive line coaches. I, I just don't. But Fraley has a great Pittsburgh connection. Where did he go to college, guys? Do you remember? Robert Morris. Absolutely. And so he came to Pittsburgh out of camp. Uh, he, I mean, he was an undrafted free agent. He came in. He looked pretty good. Um, they ended up uh, moving on from him. Next thing you know, he's in Philly a long time. He's in Cleveland a long time. He is a perfect example of a grinder, a guy that had to scratch and claw to get in this league and then stayed for a long, long time. He's that undrafted guy on the line that as things went along, he was the wily veteran that everybody loved, and he stuck around. He was a really good player in the NFL, and now we're hearing reports that everybody – loves him and he's that sought after guy remember you don't have to be a superstar to be a good coordinator or a good coach you need to be just a guy that has has had a play in the dirt and had to get get his shoulder pads just mangled and work through and that's what he did this guy studies the game he was a great center i would love to see a guy like fraley i don't know what else is out there because i don't scout offensive line coaches but they're doing due diligence. I love what they're doing right now. Dave, you wrote that article. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say something about Fraley. Um, now, this was because this was 20 years ago, because this was in 2000, right? Is he not a guy? Is he not the, the, the typical? He didn't make the 53-man roster, but he got claimed off waivers. So he most likely was going to be a guy that they wanted for the practice squad, even though practice squads were smaller back then. But because he was doing well with the Steelers in preseason, he got he got picked up. So it's not that the Steelers completely rejected him. He just didn't make their 53-man roster. Yeah. And and that's what happened. And that's what and he ended up having a really good career. So is he the right fit? I don't know enough about him as a coach. Um, I'm not that's why a lot of these things I'm like, I'm gonna trust the Steelers to do the right thing. Can I ask, can I bring up another name? Sure. Because I, I got to give props to, to Thaddeus because he had actually asked me about this um, before. He's like, what? He's like, do you think the Steelers would consider maybe Ike Hilliard as an offensive coordinator? And I'm like, I don't know that that's really at this point of his career in his realm of expertise or whatnot. I said, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't know that he is. Has he ever? Does he? Is he comfortable calling plays? Things like that. Then what's the other report we get today? That he is supposedly interviewing now. I now I can't remember which team he's interviewing with. Detroit. 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 Yeah, for their for their coordinator position. Yeah. So it's a it's a Detroit swap, I guess, is what they're trying to do. So my question is, he's on your staff. Why not at least do the interview, if nothing else, to give him experience through that process? Do you think the Steelers maybe put Hilliard's name in there for the OC? 
Shoot, I, I think they'd be smart if they did, just like you said, to give them experience or to I I don't think there's it wouldn't any do any hurt. It wouldn't hurt anybody. I, I don't think there's a deadline that they're trying to get things done by. Um, especially am I correct if I'm wrong, Dave that or Brian, that I heard that the NFL was allowing coaches that are still in season, so we're talking one of the four teams remaining, that they actually can interview via Zoom or Skype, whatever they choose during the season i think because normally they would have to wait i'm pretty sure that the nfl is allowing them to do that now well what they they did what they did was they allowed a window to where they did it early in the postseason which i really think was the first week then they closed that window unless you had permission from the team and i know the chiefs gave permission for eric Bieniemy to do another interview i think on monday so because they don't want to hold him back or whatever there are a lot more they haven't said no but there was definitely a window where they had to allow it no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So that's some of the news. Did I miss anything, Dave? There's been some news. There's, there's just so much. I mean, yeah, because you mentioned the Pep Hamilton thing. He was an XFL coach, right? Yeah, the DC uh, the DC Defenders. Yeah. The Defenders. Defenders. Okay. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's the news that's happened recently. We'll put it that way. Now, let's get to the actual headline of this podcast, the title of this show, which is, is the sky falling in Pittsburgh? Because I have to be honest with you. If you follow this team and especially the fan base, we have a unique circumstance here that if you do a live show on YouTube, you see the live chat. You can really get a feel for what fans are thinking about certain topics. If you are on Twitter or Facebook, you really do see the comments that are made. And man, alive it's just been really negative. It's been really negative. I get it. Losing five of your last six games, losing to the Browns in the wild card game, the way that you lost, it was a carbon copy of 2017. Ben throws four picks. I don't care if he throws for 500. I don't care if he th- connects for what was it over 45 passes. It was bad. It was really bad. The defense looked like garbage guys. Let's take a few minutes here and talk some fans off the ledge. Give us some positive takes on why this guy, or unless you believe that the sky is falling, maybe you do, but if you don't tell fans why they shouldn't be overly concerned heading into 2021, go ahead, Brian. Well, first of all, I know I say this all the time, but the Steelers thrive when there's a chip on their shoulder and we're deaf. Everybody's putting a chip on their shoulder right now. The national media thinks they're garbage. They saw what happened in December and beyond. And, you know, the fans felt that way too. You know, there was a lot of people thinking, I mean, I was, I was in this uh, boat too, that if they, even during the Cleveland game, if they pull this out, are they just going to be lambs to the slaughter for Buffalo? Are they going to are really, are they, going far with this offense. So when we asked for a scapegoat, the ultimate scapegoat was scheme. And that's what the number one thing is. Number two was lack of a running game slash offensive run blocking. That was number two. So what did they do? They went ahead and they took care of it. They, they're going out, they're changing the scheme. They're, uh, they're getting a new offensive line coach. There's going to be changes on that offensive line, probably not as extreme as you think, but there's going to be new faces, but a lot of those faces are in the organization, Um, and that's probably going to be something they're going to be looking at. So everyone else that is on the outside looking in, all they look at is on the surface. If you're in the live chat right now, 
That means that you follow this team more than the average fan. You are super fans if you're in the live chat because the Steelers aren't playing this week, but there's a there's almost 300 right now eyes looking at us right now, and they want to hear about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they want to know about it, which means you know a lot about this team. So if you look deep down, you're looking deeper than more than anybody else. You also, a lot of us fans that are around right now in February, in, in January with no playoffs, in February, in June, you have x-ray vision when it comes to the Steelers. And you can see more that's going on. And you know the heart of the guys on the field and in that locker room. And if you ask any of these guys, so, I mean, uh, yeah, you had a bad end of the season, you guys are going to suck, aren't you? They'll knock you out because they don't believe that deep down in their hearts. The sky's not falling for these guys. So they're addressing what they need to do and they're going forward. And the salary cap's a really interesting thing too because with if the salary cap gets lowered, just it's not just being lowered for the Steelers. So a lot of these guys that you're going to lose due to free agency... If they can't get jobs, Dave said it the other day, they might retire or they might take a minimum deal. I think you said that, Dave, but I mean, or they're going to have oh, yeah. less to stick around, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so you're going to get some changes here, but the Steelers could roll with change on this because remember that 11 and five season, excuse me, that 12 and four season that they had last year. Detroit, they'd kill for it. Houston Texans right now, they'd kill for it. You know, these teams that have so, that are so much worse off, the Steelers aren't as bad off as we think they are. They're just not perfect. And they they need to polish and make some moves. But this, who makes better moves than Kevin Colbert, than Omar Khan? Mike Tomlin involved in that process as well. They make great moves. So everyone else is going to think this guy is falling. That's fine. I love it. You guys think that this is the Pittsburgh Armageddon. All right. This is Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Affleck. Throw in Ben Affleck there. Throw in Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler. Armageddon, Michael Clark Duncan, all of those people. The guy that was the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator for Remember the Titans. You throw him in there. Great. It's Armageddon. The Steelers are falling apart. Will Patton, love that guy. So they're falling apart. But these guys don't think so. So let everybody think it. Then they come out and surprise. One of my favorite years was an 11 and 5 team that everybody had them going 4 and 12. It was Bill Cowher's first year. Those guys did not believe, nobody believed that they were a 4 and 12 team wearing black and gold. And I didn't really believe it deep down either. That team went to the playoffs. They, and that was a team that had to start over. Well, everyone thinks this team has to start over. Now, they've got to fix some things. But really, all teams have to fix some things. I like this direction. All right. Well said. Isaac Aguilera gives us $5. He says, screw it. Bring back Todd Haley. He said, I'm just joking. But seriously, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Hugh Jackson a run-heavy coordinator? I, guys, what are your thoughts on that in Hugh Jackson's style? That's really... I, he was the I most effective in... Power anything with I think him. he was the most effective in Cincinnati. And they had some decent running backs. I mean, it, it was a pretty balanced attack. I don't remember him being actually... 
you know, labeled a run heavy coordinator. I could be wrong. Brian, do you have any memories of Hugh Jackson as a coordinator? I just remember they had a pretty good offense when he was there and they had, I mean, he was there during the whole, uh, uh, the days when uh, you had a guy, Andy Dalton running the show and he wasn't that amazing, but he had some players. They had a good running game. They had Bernard and Jeremy Hill. They, they had some talent, but that talent kind of dried up when um, later on, when he was gone. I mean, I thought he was a good coordinator. So once yeah, again, I think he's yeah. that guy. They had a really good tight end in Tyler Eifert. They couldn't stay healthy either. I yeah. Don't believe that. Shield 91 gives us $5, says, love my team, but they have a lot of making up to do. Don't trust anything until I see consistent improvements next season and coaching culture change. Look, I, I don't fault any fan for thinking that way. It's like you have to, it's, you got to show me something because we've all been duped before and we've fallen for the Mike Tomlinisms and we're going to unleash hell in December. And, you know, the standard is the standard. That's it. Hey, every fan has every right to say it's all garbage. It's all garbage. You're doing nothing but blowing smoke. Everything that you're saying might be for your team, but for the fan base, why should we even listen? So, Shield, you're not alone. It, it's, yeah, I think you're absolutely right on. Dave, what are your thoughts on the sky falling in the city of Pittsburgh? All right. Well, first of all, I did Brian leave out Owen Wilson or was that thrown in there and I missed it? Um, when he, when he, no, I, I okay. Owen Wilson. Yeah, I love it. okay. Just, just making sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it is a lot of what, what, what have the Steelers done now? You know, only winning one game in their last six, all those things. You under you understand this, but the reason that there's that there's a different well, I would just say Steelers fans can have hope is that this team is doing something. They aren't just rolling everything back into next year. All the same coach. I mean, last year they didn't they didn't move on from a single coach. They just added some right oh, no i mean they had to add another they had to add a wide receivers coach because of the passing of coach drake um but they didn't move on from anybody so this year they're at least realizing hey let's let, let's get moving with this now to move forward just jeff and i kind of had a bit of a discussion with this everyone's like oh uh, well, don't get too far ahead we're saving that for later i'll save that for okay i'll save that for later <laughs> So, because I I know that's coming, so I'll, I'll I'll save it. So I don't know, Brian. I think Brian said enough for you, me, and about all the live chat. So I think You're we're right. all right. I'm wired. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I think I'm. Gonna, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think that it's good. A lot of this is going to depend on a the salary cap. I can't stress that enough. If the salary cap goes to 175, the floor that they set in the collective bargaining agreement, then the you guys said it's not just the Steelers that are going to be screwed. They're going to be really screwed but it's going to make a lot of decisions more cut and dry. They're not going to be able to keep certain players. They're not going to be able to re-sign certain players. So that's going to be huge. But then also where do they value their money in free agency? Do they sign Cam Sutton or do they sign Mike Hilton? Do they not let sign either? What about Matt Filer? There's so many decisions yet to be made. I I, I would tell fans just to reserve judgment. Go ahead, Dave. I, I thought of this when Brian was talking, then we did the live chat with the super chats. And then I remember what it was because Brian said a, a thing about and you brought it back up again about the salary cap and how a lot of teams are going to be dealing with it. There are some teams out there that they are ready to pounce because they have the cap space, but there's not a lot of them. If I was a free agent 
and not one of, let's say, the top five or 10 or whatever, I'm signing a one-year deal. Because if you want to try to sign something long, I mean, unless they can really give you that big signing bonus and do multiple years to where it's not much of a hit this year, knowing that the salary cap should then get back to what it could be. You don't want to take something that's, that's, that's too less. You either, you either do something where you make it very team friendly for them to start off with the low salary cap this year and make it a longer deal with a lot of upfront money that they can push off. Or you say, I'm just taking the one year deal. And next year when the salary cap's better, you can give me more of that salary cap. Good point. Yep. Good point. All right. It's a good stopping point. I think we're going to take a break. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. If you're listening on audio platform, head on over to part two. Where we're going to talk about some bold predictions for this off season. We'll give you our picks for the AFC and NFC championship games, as well as some trivia. Stay tuned. Be right back. 